Wales name their squad for the November International Series, while Wales women prepare for crunch time in the Rugby World Cup. All in this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Yes, last chance saloon for players to force their way into the World Cup reckoning for the men. And last chance saloon for the women as they push for the quarterfinals in their Rugby World Cup. We'll start with Wales coach Wayne Pivak explaining his squad selection, starting with having to leave out captain Dan Bigger. Yeah, we hadn't planned on changing the captain, but obviously with Dan's injury, that's something that we'll be looking at in the coming days. But it's been an interesting squad selection with a number of injuries, unfortunately. But with that comes opportunity. And in terms of Dan, his injury, we'd expect him to be playing by probably the end of the autumn series back available to play rugby but of course the last game is against Australia so that rules him out so we haven't selected him on that basis but we don't think he'll be out of the game too too long. We just want to see who comes through club rugby this week and then internally we'll name our captain and we'll let you know as soon as we do that. You know four test matches is a big ask these days uh, for any one player to to start in all four so that may well be that we have more than one but we'll certainly be uh, looking at leaders uh, in the forwards and back so you'll have a captain and probably a vice captain. Dan has been such a fundamental, integral part of your team. Mentioned opportunity, but it doesn't take away from his absence. Yeah, look, he's been a major part since uh, the new coaching group's been in place. Uh, He's played the majority of the game, so uh, look, he, he offers a lot, not just on the park, but off the field as well. You know, anyone that's played 100 test matches does that. So, look, he's a big loss, but, you know, Gareth was his understudy, if you like, on the uh, summer tour recently. Played very well in that second test, the famous victory there. So, look, it's an opportunity for him. He's coming off a bit of a knock himself, but hopefully he'll be right this weekend. And then it was an interesting selection to look at who would partner up with Gareth because of, one, the injuries that we have in the back three. So you take Liam Williams out, it's looking at the options at fullback with Lee Halfpenny coming back from not a lot of rugby as well. So, you know, we're making sure that we've got players that can play more than one position. So we've selected two tens that can play 15 and Reese Priestland is currently playing 15. So it gives us that extra bit of backup in terms of our preparation, but also on test match day. So then when you look at another 10 and Sam Costello versus, say, a Callum Sheedy, Callum obviously... If we select the Callum, he goes back after a Tuesday. So that counted against him, and I've had that discussion with him. Sam's a young guy that we've had in the environment before on a couple of occasions. We invite young players in from time to time, and he's done exceptionally well in the environment. So it's just another opportunity for him to grow and, and learn a bit more, and we'll see whether or not uh, game time comes for some of these youngsters, but we'll play that by ear. Five players who yet receive international caps. Uh, if you break them down, the, the Scarlet trio, Josh obviously was picked uh, against Scotland before being struck down by a few injuries in the past year and a half, and then the young half party. Yeah, Josh... Um Look, it was, it was really, really cruel. He's been selected in the squad twice, and he's, uh, once he was in, injured in the, at the club round the weekend before coming into camp, so he wasn't able to join us. And, uh, of course, he was named on a Tuesday, had the accolades of his teammates applauding him in the team announcement, and an hour later he was stretched off the training field with a ruptured Achilles. So, you know, that was devastating for him and the, and the team at the time. So to see him back on the field playing, uh, we want to get him back in the environment. You know, he's a player that we've selected who we know can play all three uh, back row positions. We'll have a good look at him up close, and, and we think that he deserves another opportunity. And this is the time to do it. Six Nations and beyond, we know what's coming, and that's all about winning uh, tournaments. So uh, that's an opportunity for him. Uh, the halfbacks, we've been monitoring 
a number of halfbacks for a long time outside of the three we've used recently. And Gareth, 67-odd test matches, we know what he can and can't do. It's an opportunity to have a look at Dane, who we feel has been playing well last season and the cameos this year, so we'll have a look at him up close. And uh, Reese Webb, well-documented, he's playing well. Again, we know what Reese and Gareth can do, and this is an opportunity to have a look at uh, a youngster ahead of the World Cup. Just Rio's probably a bit more rugby than Joe Hawkins, but both having come through the 20s programme. Yeah, again, when we looked at the midfield, we've got three of the four that we took to South Africa. Unfortunately, an injury to Johnny Williams, who was playing well at the time. Had a good chat to Jonathan Davies. We know everything that Jonathan can do. For young Joe, it's an opportunity to get into the environment again, to look at the work required to play at this level of the game. And we think he's an exciting young talent. He did very well with the 20s. He's a leader. He can also play 10. So he's got a skill set there which uh, he can bring to that uh, inside centre position, which um, not all of our players have. So he's one for the future, and we're going to have a good, very good close look at him. Rio, um, I'm not sure if you're aware, but he trained with us before we went to South Africa, along with Ryan Combier. So uh, we know a lot about those two. And uh, he just gets a nod in terms of he's got exceptional pace, a great step, acceleration. You saw that in a couple of games this year already for the Dragons. Did well in our internal match that we had before going to South Africa. And he's uh, quite good in the air as well. And at the test level, obviously, without the ball and the aerial game is huge. The two that haven't made the cut that are more, obviously, uh, Rhys Carey and Ross Moriarty as well. Uh, how close were they? Yeah, two phone calls last night. Reese went to South Africa. He was given a brief, really, coming back from South Africa as to what we expected from him in terms of just general conditioning, getting himself in the right shape to play international rugby, and he's fallen short of that, and so he's got a lot of hard work to do with his club. He's having some big moments in games, which is clear for everyone to see, but at test level it's about you know 60 minutes or 20 minutes of intense rugby and uh, the levels of conditioning that you have to get to to survive in our camps. He hasn't quite reached those. In terms of Ross... Yeah, that was a tough conversation because Ross has come back from injury. He's, you know, he's a hard-nosed player. We all know what Ross has done, 50-odd test matches. But again, this was the last opportunity for us to have a look at a few others. And we've got you know, some quality players in one or two good ones who are always going to miss out. But it's not as if we've selected the squad with a view of, is Ross good enough to play test rugby? We know he is, but we need to learn more about others. And he knows his target is the Six Nations. We've asked him to work on a couple of things in his game, which he'll go away and work hard at, I don't know. Where does the experiment end and where, where does the performance start? The experiment has ended on the park, and we said that after Italy, and you saw that in South Africa, and you'll see that in this series. We'll be putting out strong teams. But when you've got a squad of 35, 36 players, we'll probably bring another young one in to train with us. It's also about development, and you don't have to play rugby to be developed. There's, there's a stage from playing club footy or being a top age-grade player and then getting in, rubbing shoulders with the big boys and training and a lot is learnt there as well in terms of the intensity of the training sessions, which, to be quite honest, is probably double that of a club training session. And the players are really, really tested physically and mentally in these training sessions. So the players learn a lot, and that sets them up for future campaigns. So there's a bit of the here and now, obviously, with the players. You probably go through the list and work out who you think would be in a starting team. And then there's a group of players coming in that are going to hopefully be big players for Wales in the very, very near future. The younger players coming in, presumably if you didn't pick them now, they wouldn't have had time to stake a claim for the World Cup. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, that's very much part of it. And as we've seen this time around, there are injuries. A week out, we've got another round of games to go, touch wood. And so leading into a World Cup, we've seen in previous World Cups, Gareth Anscombe, classic example, Reese Webb in the past, other players who have who've been injured in the warm-up games and haven't got on the aeroplane. So we know uh, we're sort of planning for the worst-case scenarios, if you like, and 
you know, we don't have some matches like Ireland's taken teams to South Africa and other teams are playing Barbarians and other matches. So we don't have any A matches. So this is an opportunity for us to have a look at some of these guys who may be called upon. If not, they'll be in a good space post the World Cup when there's normally a bit of a changeover in personnel. The experience of people coming back after a long period of not playing, obviously, passes permanent, they say. How nice is it to have those guys back? Yeah, really good. You know, there'll be some more game time available this week. You know, Lee Halfpenny's just steadily got better and better, and it's the things that probably a lot of people don't see, positional play, the little things in wide rucks, maintaining possession, getting an early scanning, securing ball for us. Um, his goal kicking's obviously going really, really well. He's just getting tidier and tidier each week as he's getting his confidence back, and um, I think you'll just see him growing. Tips is, is a class player. Justin's a, a class player, and uh, I've no doubt that he'll be firing ready to go in time for these internationals. And Ken, you've, you can see in his game the frustration of where the Scarlets have been, and you know he's throwing himself about. And each outing he has, and each week in training, he'll get better and better. So look, they are quality players, and they bring a huge amount of experience. Has there been a better time to play the All Blacks to try and end that record since '53? If you look at their summer, they were vulnerable, but they pulled it together a bit. Yeah, I wanted to play them in 220, I think it was, but COVID prevented that. That was the time we were really keen. Last year we were outside the window, so that that played a factor, and we've probably got the same amount missing a little bit more with injuries. So, look, we love playing the All Blacks. It's a fantastic game. There'll be a sellout crowd, I've no doubt. The atmosphere is going to be like it was pre-COVID, with the bands, all the excitement. So I'm really, really looking forward to it. I know the players will be looking forward to it. It's an opportunity to create some history, you know, and we were hell-bent on doing that in South Africa, and we'd dearly love to create some history in that match. So it's one we're all excited about, and, you know, we've got a couple of weeks to prepare for that come Monday. So really, really exciting times. But well, where are they? Defeated by Ireland, few sort of glimpses of vulnerability. <coughs> yeah, that was, what, a couple of months ago. I think if you look... Recently, um, we review every club game on a Monday, Tuesday, and then we, re- we go back over the All Blacks Australia South African series with Argentina. We looked at that All Black Australia game, the pace of the game. It's a different game. It's a different game to what we're playing at the moment. So we've got a hell of an adjustment period in, in two weeks just to play with the intensity and the speed that they play at. Australia as well, and they put 40 on Australia and 50 on Argentina. And I think since the changes they've made and their backroom staff, they've settled on a squad. It looks a pretty exciting squad to me and any team that can put 50 and 40 on those two sides are probably going to be a dangerous animal. So a tough opener, certainly. But it's an exciting time for those players who've been given a chance to stake a claim for World Cup places, especially those who've not officially been part of the Wales squad before, such as Scarlet's outside half, Sam Costello. It's class. It's over the moon when I see the email. And um, yeah, it's yeah, brilliant. It's good feeling. What have you learned since coming back to Wales to play at Scarlets? Obviously, you had a good time at Leicester first. Yeah, I think, um, well, it's just the time in the saddle, like still making errors and stuff. But um, yeah, just my biggest learning has just been overall kicking game and how to run an attack, really. And obviously, just trying to build like the kicking game and your game management and stuff like that, really. But yeah, that's the biggest thing Dwayne's been on to me is game management and when you're on top of sides, like how to stay on top and stuff like that. Can you tell us what your earliest memories of watching Wales play? To, to be honest, I always used to go to the stadium with my dad and granddad. We used to love like a match day in Cardiff. It's a great atmosphere. So, yeah, that was probably yeah in the Six Nations and yeah the Autumn Internationals. Yeah, it's 
yeah, we used to go and watch this with my dad and granddad. So, yeah, as a youngster, it was really good. A big name player that you can remember from those days? Obviously, when I seen Stephen Jones play, played in the stadium. Yeah, to be fair, we used to go quite a bit, uh, me and my dad and granddad. So, yeah, there's, there's a good few memories of uh, watching them. How much expectation have you got of actually uh, and hope and dream have you got of running out on the stadium in that in the jersey and getting a cap? Yes, yeah, it's, it's every boy's dream to play for Wales. I think yeah, as, as I said, I just got to go in there and work hard and um, try and be a sponge and try and learn as much as I can. And if the opportunity arises, then hopefully enjoy it. You got to enjoy what you do, and and I find to work that when I just play with my instincts and I'm and I'm happy, that's when I play my best rugby. I can go out there and just enjoy my rugby and hopefully make the right decisions. If you could describe your own style of play, have you got any players that you can liken yourself to or are you just following your own path? To be honest, I watch quite a lot of rugby. I try and learn as much as I can from every 10 in the English Prem or obviously our league as well. So, yeah, just try and pick up loads of little things. But I like to think that I can attack the line as a 10. Um, I bring other players with me and... And yeah, as I said, just trying to keep that game management as well, because sometimes it might not be on for me to go out the line. Sometimes I'm going to have to ball play as well. So yeah, just having a variety in my game, really. A very proud day for your folks. What's their reaction being generally? Well, I found out through email and um, I rung my mum and my dad. I didn't know who to ring first, to be honest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were over the moon. I think they know how much it means to me and hopefully I've um, made them proud and... They've been there for me throughout it all, where the good days and obviously the uh, the bad days as well. So, yeah, they were over the moon. The route you've taken, you know, going to Leicester, then making the decision to come back, then you had to bide your time a little bit, didn't you, pressing your first season. But when you look at it now, it's all worked out pretty well for you, really, hasn't it? Yeah, as I said, enjoy your rugby and take every opportunity as it comes. But yeah, looking back, it's been brilliant. Every opportunity to learn and curve. Enjoyed my time up in Leicester, two years in Oakham School. Yeah, one year with the seniors and then I came back to Scarlet's. And yeah, it's been uh, really good, great for what, what's happened, really. I recall the jaw injury you had a couple of years ago, which was a nasty old incident. And we were worried for you at the time. Did that, I suppose, A, make you wonder whether you'd be able to carry on or make you think, do I want to carry on? Because it was a, a nasty old blow, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a nasty injury out in uh, Argentina, but no, nah, to be honest, no, I never, never doubted in my mind. I always wanted to get back and always wanted to be a rugby player. I think it was just, injuries do happen in rugby. And um, Sam, you're a very rare player. You've beaten New Zealand. Yeah, in the 20s, well, it was a weird old game. <laughs> yeah, I think we had a um, storm, like a lightning storm, and we had to go in and we had a 40-minute break in between and then we went out for half-time and yeah. It was a weird old game, and then obviously I broke my jaw. So, but yeah, technically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, managing a game that's 40 minutes uh, in the dressing room is a difficult thing to do, I guess. And then you can't get the injury. But uh, you went to Leicester at 16. You went with Tommy the Tiger. Was he the first one to congratulate you? Uh, we just come back from the training ground now. So I haven't checked my phone, but yeah, I'll have a text or ring off him soon. Are you too close? Yeah, we're probably, yeah, best mates. Um, Grew up together in Pencoid. I lived down the road from him and whenever he's home, we'll always catch up pretty closely. Well, it'd be quite something if the two of you play together, wouldn't it? Yeah, that'd be the dream. Both from Pencoid, both proud to be from there as well. Um, come through the mini and juniors, not together. He's two years older than me, but 
nonetheless, it's a big part of who we are and got a lot of thanks to them, really. Did you follow his lead then in going to Leicester and going to school up there and coming through the academy? I don't know. I wouldn't say follow his lead, but it's always nice when there's a familiar face there. When the opportunity arised, I obviously spoke to Tommy, asked him how it is. I knew that he enjoyed it. And then I went up there and I sort of had a look around and I made my own decision, really. Obviously, it helps knowing that he enjoyed it and a familiar face around the place. But I think I went to school and probably went to different parts. But no, it does help, definitely. You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. It'll be a great few weeks for him. Now, on to Wales Women, and hopefully you'll have enjoyed the podcast extras from New Zealand offering more coverage from the Wales Women camp. But now a chance to hear from centre Kerrin Lake, the only mum in the squad, who returned from injury to force her way into the squad for the World Cup and then came off the bench against New Zealand. Hi, it's been a bit of a whirlwind week, to be honest. Yeah, it was just brilliant just to get out there, especially having New Zealand in New Zealand as well. To face the, the hack of the first time as well, it was just, yeah, un- unreal. So you missed the first World Cup because you had your son. What yeah. happened in Ireland? Um, it was just a bit of personal reason. So just before the kind of training squad was getting together, I, I just withdrew myself from the team. Then I just, yeah, I wasn't ready. It's all come around for you now. And how did it feel, you know, running out there, knowing that your your son was there for you in the crowd? Yeah, to be honest, I couldn't. I knew where about they were because you can see all the parents there. But I, I couldn't really look into it because I just thought I'd just get a bit emotional. So. <laughs> So it wasn't until afterwards that I seen, you know, he made a flag saying good luck, mommy on it and everything like that. So yeah, it was it's special to know he's out here watching. And you, you're the only mum in the squad. How great is that? You know that you can set an example that you you can have family and and a professional rugby career. Yeah, it is tough, but the way the game's going now with professionalism really does help. It shows that you can have the medical staff behind you as well and and everything to try and help you get back into the sport if you need the time away. And yeah, you, you've got everyone here, like the S&C then as well, coming through to help you get there. So it's, it's only going to get a bit easier, if I'd say, for other females in the sports. You were injured for most of the summer. Did you think that there was a chance that you wouldn't actually be here? Yeah, I I actually convinced myself or went through the what if I don't get selected rather than the what if I do get selected it didn't really cross my mind I was still trying you know trying my best to get fit and just put my hand up for selection but it really was difficult it was a tough time uh, mentally and physically but yeah I just kept going I as a sports person you, you just keep going anyway and when I got the call to say I was selected to come it was yeah I was shocked to say the least <laughs> That match at the weekend, probably 12 years in the making in terms of being at a World <laughs> Cup. Has the kind of occasion of that or the achievement of that sunk in yet? Yeah, definitely. Just, you know, with the summer I've had as well, just to get back on the field, I kind of had to tr- kind of try and push it back, try and curb the it's in a World Cup, we're in New Zealand, kind of feel back and just think, right, it's my first one back. Let's just, you know, try and get on and perform as good as I can at the minute. But then when I came off the field, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm I'm in a World Cup. I just played my first World Cup game. And it was, yeah, pretty surreal, to say the least. How are you feeling now? Are you kind of back to 100% fitness? Or? Yeah, I'd say, yeah, back up now. So it's just finding match fitness now, isn't it? We've been out for quite a few months and not having games either since about April, May time, is it? So, yeah, but back fully fit on the training fields. 
what was the reaction from Jacob, you know, after the game on the weekend? Oh, he was just full of, he, I don't think he really understood the score, but he was just overwhelmed. He was just smiling, giving me loads of kisses and hugs and, you know, seeing the other girls as well. He was just beaming. Because you were looking at flights to go out as a spectator, <laughs> weren't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just taking it in a stride, you know, it, like being selected for the game this week, you know, that's what we had to do. But it was a bonus from, like we said, where I, where I was at just before we came. To, so to be selected then is like a little bit of a mind switch then and carry on. But yeah, it's just, yeah, taking it all in and just enjoying the, the occasion as well. What about Australia? You know, they're certainly beatable, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, you know, it's, it was good watching um, Scotland, Australia as well to see. We play Scotland obviously every year as well. So it was good to see where we can be at. And I'd say it's there for the taking. You know, we, we know what we need to do and we're going to preview this week and yeah, see where we can go. You probably can't get, you know, much more motivating than playing for second place in the group and a place yeah. in the knockouts, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's all to play for, really, and motivating, say the least, just to be out here to qualify for the quarterfinals. It will just be, yeah. Yeah, it's just for great, yeah. <laughs> and good luck to them against Australia this week. There are various permutations, but quarterfinal qualification is on the line. So keep looking out for extra coverage in the Welsh Rugby Union. But until then, goodbye.